Hi, I'm Danny Murphy, and welcome back to Virtual Reality, where me and Evan Real spill all the reality TV news and gossip, and get ready to listen to our full, unedited interview with one of your favorite reality TV stars. Danny Pellegrino, Danny Murphy and I, like we were just saying, we are so excited to finally have you on the podcast. Obviously, we are obsessed with your Bravo hot takes. But we're also obsessed with your new book, The Jolliest Bunch. I mean, you really kind Thank of you, are boys. Funny. Like, the, you're the new reason for the season. Like, Mariah. Oh, but- my God. Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't think Mariah has anything to worry about, but uh, <laughs> I'm so excited to be here and see you, uh, boys, because I saw you at Bravo. You know, everything it was crazy at BravoCon, right? Like, it was sensory overload. And I felt like I couldn't really say hi and spend time with the people that I wanted to, but it was just a lot. It and was so was- much. And I think we, you just get so tired where there was a moment where I was like looking at you from across the room. And in my head, I was like, Hi, but I like right. We had a whole conversation. Same word through our heads. Yeah, and then like I woke up the next day. I was like, "What did it just happen?" I was like, "I have no clue." But I'm glad we're all here now. (laughs) I felt that way about. I saw Dave Quinn like in the press room or something for uh, from across the way, and I really did feel like we had a conversation. Then the next day, I was like, "Oh my god." Like, I am I know you, Dave, and we didn't even, we were sitting across from each other, but we didn't even get to have a conversation because it was just so chaotic. Anyway. Yeah, BravoCon was really freaking chaotic. It was so weird, too, because I felt like as all the Bravo celebrities coming down the red carpet, like, I just kept having flashbacks of, like, all the Bravo things that have happened this year. And it's kind of insane how many big stories broke out of the Bravoverse. I mean, Scandaval was just the beginning, but then we had, like, Kyle and Mauricio. We had Carl and Lindsay. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something right now. But when you look back at your 2023 in, in Bravo... Uh, what is kind of the the standout for you? The rose and thorn, if you will. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. It's been a great year for Bravo. You know, every time people try to eulogize Bravo or say it's done, it's like we have something like Scandaval. I mean, even just specifically that show, I think I myself was eulogizing it at one point because it felt like it was on its way out. It was terrible. And they had a couple bad seasons there. It seemed like they were going to get canceled. And then that happens. And uh, or you go to something like BravoCon and you realize like, no, this is a pretty, this thing ain't going anywhere. And also just um, looking at it from a branding perspective is really fascinating to me because there's no other things really on in pop culture and the television landscape that has that kind of appeal. So I forget where I was just reading something, an article, but they were talking about how um, it's good to be in the Bravo business because even if you look at something like the world of the bachelor, which that always kind of was the thing that I related Bravo most to, because mm-hmm. they have also that kind of fan base. Um, it's still not even, I don't think as much as the Bravo fan base. I mean, you go to BravoCon and you see the way people are and, and it's just, I don't know. It's fascinating. So it's, I thought it was a fantastic year for Bravo. I think like sort of my high points, I think Scandaval was like thrilling television it's hard to kind of look at it objectively because it was such a big cultural moment. And so it was, it was simultaneously like exhausting and thrilling and just so many things. But I think if I were to go back in two years or something and watch some of those episodes at the end of Vanderpump Rules, I I still think there'll be like really great episodes of TV. A hundred percent. I'm also now dying when you were like how Bravo is the only place that like has this fandom. I would LOL of like 2024 though. There's like, 
TBS con, like right. all these shows where I'm like, wait, no, I'm a TBS head till the day I die. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm a big uh, uh, holiday movie person. Obviously, my book is called The Jolly Sponge. Yes. And so I do love like the Hallmark world and that fan base. I People might be rolling their eyes when I say this, but they do like Christmas con. And I there are a lot of similarities because I love those cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies and they have they've branded it such that the fan base is like kind of involved or or it's got that kind of fever pitch that I think Bravo does oh 100% and I'm also kind of wondering because like you are pillars of both Bravo world and now Christmas holiday world which is a lot of fun but very overwhelming kind of like you get stressed kind of watching both of them and also being through the holiday season even if you know Holly and Jolly what like wh- which one has exhausted you more this year? And I know we're still kind of in the oh, holiday God. season, but has Bravo drained you more, or has preparing and now experiencing the holiday time right now? Maybe a little bit of both. The weird thing about the holiday book was that I was writing it not during holiday time, and then it even came out at the end of October, so Halloween hadn't even happened, and I was like doing a a tour for it or I don't know. It was like weird. So I feel like I've just been in holiday mode forever. So I'm a little bit ready to inch my way out of holiday mode, but um, yeah, I'll miss it immediately. Just the same way with Bravo. It's like you get so exhausted by a season of a Bravo show and you, I don't know if you boys feel this way, but it's like, you're, I'm ready for it to end. And then it ends. And two weeks later, I'm like, man, I miss Miami women or whoever. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they're both exhausting. (laughs) I, uh, I just, finished your book actually Denny Thanks, and it, it is it's just like candy like it's so it's so good it's so easily digestible it is like my, my like I just I couldn't get enough of it especially the chapter about the Jessica Simpson dessert lotion disaster obviously I wore my Jessica Simpson shirt today in honor of you because I wait I, is that a real what is can you zoom out a little bit what is this p- picture it's Jessica it's from uh, the reality tour Look how beautiful she looks. So so beautiful. So yeah, in this skin era, uh, dessert line era, for people who haven't read the book, can you just sort of like summarize this story for our listeners? Because it truly is just so I would love nothing more to get to talk to you about Jessica Simpson's edible body care products, which were from the early aughts. Those people who watch Newlyweds might remember there was like an episode of the show where uh, she had been hawking this product, which... uh, Millennials probably remember it was like body lotion or lickable, like body glitter, like stuff. It, it was sort of marketed towards young people as like sexy, edible. And uh, I wanted it so badly when I was a teen and when I was in high school, I think it was uh, when it came out. And it was featured on the show famously because an episode where she was doing like the promo for it, she got a stomach ache because she ate, had too many cupcakes. <laughs> people are really for you. Go on. <laughs> People should really be rewatching Newlyweds. It's on YouTube in in chunks, but um, it's really fantastic. So anyway, yes, though I wanted it so badly. And uh, one of the things that kind of came up a lot in the book is this idea of buying your child self gifts. So it's like, as a gay person, especially, I think we have a lot of interest growing up when we're closeted that we are afraid to embrace. And so I, in my adulthood, started to embrace some of those things that I wanted. One of those things was like Jessica's lickable body products. And I wanted them so badly. And my uh, significant other had got me them for Christmas one time. And I didn't really realize this was very recently got me the products. And uh, I got really stoned one day and one evening and I started having some and then chaos ensued. And you're obviously not supposed to have expired products, but also when you're stoned, you're not supposed to be like, 
I don't even think back in 2003, you were supposed to be eating that stuff. It was like lickable. That was how it was marketed. Let you lick it, <laughs> then you go away and you eat a full meal somewhere else. Anyway, so it caused, uh, people can read a little more about it in the book, but. Now my, <laughs> my question is, have we reached out to Jay Sims to be like, no ma'am, I have a hospital bill. I love you. I'm not asking for anything besides maybe a 50-50 lick split, something going on here. I love my queen so much. I tried her so hard, you guys, to get her on my show. And there's been like so many times where it's almost happened or, you know, I've been trying to see, and then it, it falls through every time or it can't happen. So yeah, one day, I mean, I would love to tell her and, and also have her foot the bill because yep. it ultimately led to my appendix bursting. <laughs> Wait, I do. Okay, so that's that's that one thing I, well. We, I mean, I sort of joke about that in the book. We don't know that it actually was that, but it, yeah, but yes, probably. That was so wild because you ate Jessica Simpson's dessert body lickable lotion. <laughs> you had your appendix removed, and you didn't necessarily need it removed. But I guess it's like you're preemptively saving yourself from a, appendicitis. Well, one I it, ultimately when I did go to the uh, the hospital, I did have appendix. It did burst. I did have oh, it appendicitis. Did. It, did. it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't. And so it's hard with the appendix. People don't really know exactly like what causes it. So yeah, I, I joke in the book that it was probably from Jessica's expired body lotion. But I don't. I had. I have stomach stuff, and so um, yeah, we don't know exactly. But with the appendix, they don't tell you anything. They're just like, oh, we got to remove it. Like you go to the doctor, and they're like, we're taking out an organ, and you don't even have time to consider like, should I be doing this or? Obviously, you just listen. I listen to a doctor, oh. whatever they say. I'm like, okay, do whatever you think. I'm also a self-proclaimed dumb idiot. I don't know what single. If a doctor can say all these words to me, if it's over two syllables, I'm like, I tr here's my. I, I don't know. I don't know what. Right. You Give want me, me the do. morphine, and you do what you need to do. Full evanescence. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I do, and I do love. Are there any other? Because obviously, you have all these like pop culture icons, and I'm shocked that Jessica hasn't come on your podcast because you do sing her praises but also you have so many like a-list guests that do come on but besides jay sims who from who in 2024 do you hope to be conversing with yeah i've really wanted jc shazay too uh another oh. sig signal of the early 2000s yes. i suppose but um yeah so he would be at the top of my list i've tried really hard meg ryan is at the top of my list she would be a dream mariah carey chair oh. you know like any kind of diva I feel Meg Ryan, you have to just come to New York for two weeks. She's always like eating in Tribeca and Soho. I feel like I'm always, yeah, yeah, I feel like she's always just like at a table for two looking very Meg Ryan-y, yes. I felt like I was very, I was very close when she just had this new movie come out, but ultimately it didn't work out. I think it's going to work out. I also, I know Jessica Simpson is going to work out for you in the future. Now, Danny, I do love how you frequently ask your guests what their favorite Mariah Carey song is. And I am just so curious, what is your favorite Jessica Simpson song because I do feel like there are so many underrated gems in her discography. I know every album inside and out and I do love the little nod to the sweetest sin that you gave in your book because I feel like that's one that is criminally underrated. So what's yes. kind of how, like between like irresistible and with you and I think I'm in love with you like where like what's your what's your order? You know, I would probably say I, irresistible it just came at a time like that that shift into just very blatant pop that she did there I was just at the right age for that to hit right and the follow-up single to that album was a little bit and I love that song uh underrated and then yeah sweetest sin I mean it's hard to pick but I would say irresistible is probably the one that I put on and it just it drives me wild mm -hmm. yeah how yeah. about you guys 
I, okay, so uh, that's actually really hard for me. Obviously, I love Irresistible. And when she walked out of that elevator, full spray tan abs, like the, she had the darker hair happening. It was giving Britney light in the best possible way because Britney is and will always be my number one, but Jessica's probably number two. She might, I feel like Jessica and Mandy actually hold number two together for me. And controversially, Christine wow. three. Christina is well, three slash three. four, three slash four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, to, on, and you're saying this on Christina's birthday as of this oh, recording. Wow. Yeah. That bold, is, Evan. Bold. That, as, as someone who is what like a bitch. A Britney stand, wow. that's very on brand for me to say. On Chris, I know. Aguilera, don't get me wrong. I do. Love I know who's not coming on your podcast in oh. 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Christina, I love you. Um, No, I think that yours as well, obviously, is definitely in like the, the top like five for sure and and the bow wow remix you know the bow wow remix. yeah the bow, of course okay. yeah Love okay but wait i evan not to go back to this but where would willa ford rank on your Ooh! on your list where is willa ford on my list i mean willa was here is like one of my go-to comfort albums i know that album inside and out like pop girls are like my my thing um but willa ford when it comes to pop like she might be number five like she mm. is definitely ranking high. Right there. then why didn't yeah. when you were redoing your apartment why didn't she help because she does that now i so do if you know, she's number five for you why aren't you helping her get a check evan i don't know if yeah, I, I want you to put your money where your mouth is i don't know if i can afford willa ford when i was you with know. the hollywood reporter actually i i made a case to interview willa ford when she was on the scott disick show i I like bent over backwards. Like that's that sentence also go on. <laughs> Anyways. So I had my interview moment with Willa Ford years ago and it was absolutely magical, but yeah, sadly, I don't think I can afford her um, interior decorating. You know, you know, this is going to sound gross of me to say right now, but sometimes I'll uh, text her and she'll give me interior design advice a little. Cause I interviewed her years ago and she's oh. so, the sweetest. The was sweetest it also nicest. for the Scott Disick show? Um, I think, just it, for fun. I think it was like right. I think it was before that because I remember her telling me about doing that show. So I think it was like she had been filming it or something, maybe. Wait, awesome. and that's also good to know. She does like freelance consulting via text. <laughs> well, yeah, when I just moved, to, I mean, I moved like a year ago, but I, yeah, I was like sending her messages. I'm like, where do I get chairs and stuff? And she was always responsive. Uh, oh, yeah, she was, okay. and, yeah, and we became sort of friendly after doing that um, interview. And she, yeah, she was so sweet. But she and she had come over to my apartment. I no longer live there, but I remember her looking around, and I think she had told me to stop shopping at like TJ Maxx and stuff. Okay, <laughs> but I feel like, or I, she was very adamant about no more word art, of course, which I agree with. Not yes. that I had a lot, but she was like, no word art. I was gonna say any is too much. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, totally. I didn't have any. I, I want to make that clear, but I remember that was like a rule, of course. Well, and I love that you're following it. But speaking of Willa Ford, I actually heard from a little bird recently that some of the casting directors for Beverly Hills are like aggressively pursuing her. And yeah, I I had heard that too. I don't know if she would do that, but I I I hope, I hope, hope maybe you can text her. I hope she considers it because I do feel like Wait. She would bring a really fun energy to that group of women. I would just love to see her interacting with Denise Richards at the weed dinner. Like, I, I, know, feel like I know. Or also her yelling at Erica Jane going song for song. She's got the hot husband too. And oh, yes. yeah, I, I do think they might've like reached out years ago, like around the time I interviewed her, I think they had at least like 
reached out to someone to see if she might even be open to it. But I don't, yeah, I would love that. I love when they throw in like a known person. I mean, Denise, I, I need Denise back full time after that whole jacket debacle. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like give Denise a diamond. And I mean, after Denise had that like two, two episode, like golden moment. And then there's like mid season trailer that everyone's kind of like, okay. Um, I think Denise, <laughs> I feel like, they're realizing that Denise might be the missing sauce just for the fun of it. Cause like they were mm -hmm. even like, everyone was like kind of at their best with Denise acting like Denise. Cause everyone was able to like be more silly, be confused, have all the elements that we love with it. Yeah. I think it would, it would behoove. Oh, I hate that word behoove all the women because yeah, that you're exactly right. It gives them that common round and it, it gives them something to play off of. So I'm sure they would, it would be great for them. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, exactly, Danny. You're so right. Like the way it sort of her presence ignited Dorit, it got Dorit into a really fun, playful mode. And I feel like Dorit's actually been in a pretty That's good space this season, like delivering some iconic lines, iconic moments. But wait, Danny Pellegrino, I need your thoughts on Julia Roberts being severely unimpressed by the pretty woman date. Wait, hold on. Did we answer your favorite Jessica song? Oh, oh Danny, we need that. What's okay, your favorite? I just need oh, to make mine? sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like because I was, I think Evan is too. I was the younger child, and my brother, valedictorian, everyone loved him. So like, I always related more to Ashley, and like I oh, had a, okay. I had a few yeah. years of bad bangs, acne. I'm not saying she had acne. I just went through all this stuff, so I was very much autobiography. But my ringtone was Jessica Simpson's cover of "Take My Breath Away." <sighs> so I think that might be, and I had it. It was. My ringtone and the instrumental was my ring back tone. No one called me because I was the Ashley Simpson. So I was just like waiting by the phone for no one to ring. So I think probably that was up there for me. And also I want to love you forever because I do. I'm a ballads boy. Where Okay, two things I just would say. I want to love you forever. She has the most insane lyric where she says, yeah. uh, I, I want to cherish every drop here on my knees, which is such a sexual lyric for a, a song that's whatever. And I then mean, talk about the other getting your appendix removed. <laughs> Go I know, on. but the other, the last thing I have to say about Jessica is just that. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. I guess I don't have something else to say. There was something good. Oh, I forgot. Take my breath I, away. Her covers. Oh, oh no, the uh, cell phone ringer. My friend back in the day, Jessica did when she came out with Public Affair. You could buy a personalized ringer, and my best friend Jill had one where it would sing like Jillian's coming out for a Public Affair because you could buy the name. Anyway, uh, okay. Okay, V cast. <laughs> Wait, I, I just. I recently discovered that I didn't know about that, but my uh, my manager Nick actually we went to Miami recently this year, and he had me listen to his, he he still had it, and he was like Nick is coming. I was like, oh my god, why did I not have an Evan version? I was so devastated. We need I, to get them now. We need I, to get. I to bring them back. I have had a craving for like a throwback phone and a ringtone so badly. I'm like, because like I can't be like going into the woods foresting. I just want to go back to that time where like. I have a sidekick with a fun ringtone and everything yeah. is peaceful. It just makes me feel so happy. I saw a picture of a woman from the 2000s where she had the razor flip phone like like on her uh, waistband, yes. and, like half in the jeans, you know? And I got so nostalgic for just being able to put your phone like that. It was I like kind of slutty, do you know what I mean? For a slutty. waistline I never had. Yeah. Like me with my muffin top and my Envy trying to clip it anywhere. I'm just like, <laughs> what's know, going I on? <laughs> I had the big belt one. It was like the same one my dad had. And it's truly my biggest regret in life because I look at photos from college and it was just, I had a protruding cell phone and it, like, I didn't have it cool. Like, like Paris Hilton did. It was just like protruding off my belt. 
but I'm sure when you had, when you put it on, you felt like Paris on occasion. Right. Wait, Evan, <laughs> I interrupted you again before I brought it back to Jessica Simpson and that was Wait, terrible of me. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I could, I could talk about Jessica Simpson. No, honestly, I I'd rather talk about Jessica Simpson than anything else in this world. I do remember what I was asking you, but before I ask you that, I actually want to know how you rank the four girls. Oh, oh uh, I would say probably, uh, I, Jessica's my number one. I love Jessica. She, uh-huh. she is. But Britney's like right there. I mean, music wise, I probably go back to Britney's catalog more than Jessica, but I love them kind of both a lot. Um, and then I do. I mean, look, this is hard. This is hard because I Christina just, to me ha- has burlesque. And like, I was also going to say, is, Christina, I am like, you're so high up there for me because not just burlesque, Back to Basics was my favorite album of all time. I also bought Ain't No Other Man ringtone because I had a crush on my brother's friend. I got his number from my brother's phone, bought it for that. He didn't know who I was, so he would never call me. But in case he did, it would be that ringtone. Again, like (laughs) the Trevor Project, it gets better. But (laughs) I had Ain't No Other Man. Oh my God. I feel like I'm just in the right place right now at the right you know, you know, when you're sitting around and you're looking and thinking like, this is exactly where I'm meant to be in life. And this feels like the, one of those moments. It feels <laughs> um, But then, yeah, Will is like, I mean, and Mandy, to me, her singing Only Hope and Walk to Remember. I mean, it's just impossible. I loved all the pop girls. But yeah, I'd say as of right now, Jessica, Brittany, Christina, Mandy. I'm sorry, but it changes every five minutes. I will also say shout out to Mandy's now like kind of like acoustic moment because I love the man she's married to. And I was supposed to see her at a folk festival, but then she got pregnant, which happy for her. But she's also like in like a nice little like songwriter girl now. Yeah. Yeah. She seems really sweet. I like her a lot. And you know, there was a girl that I went to grade school with who she came back from camp one year and Mandy Moore had just come out and she came back from summer camp and she's like, this girl Mandy Moore was there and Mandy Candy had then just come out. And of course I was obsessed as like this closeted gay boy. I'm like, Oh my God, she's got a song. And so I like, I was obsessed with this girl I went to school with just because she was like tangentially went to camp once with Mandy Moore. Wait, were you ever a Broadway boy growing up? Like, did you love show tunes too? Um, I loved the Rosie O'Donnell show, which that was like my, the way I got Broadway, but no, I didn't. I had never gone to Broadway or anything, but I loved when she would have like, the imposter singing Gimme Gimme. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, <laughs> if Kristen Chenoweth was dressed as Charlie Brown, I was like ready in. <laughs> okay, yes. Wait, Danny Murphy, where do you, how do you rank the girls? If Guys. Christina comes before Britney. No, it's, it's Britney, then Christina. Okay. I, but it's like neck and neck. Let me like, it's a close, close, close one. Okay. Cause I like, I, but like, cause I like her, cause I just live for a ballad. Hurt, like truly me, like Frappuccino crying my eyes out to that. Um, and then it's Jessica, then Mandy. Mandy, oh. I always was like, she's cute. I like her. She's yeah, cute. consistent. She was like consistently good. Like, okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I do, I, I walk to remember, I always remember that movie wrong. And I like really like, so I got so many plot points wrong from it. So then I was like embarrassed about that. So I like kind of like shelved her from my life. Cause I kept on being like, Oh my God, like when she lost her ear and everyone's like, she never lost an ear. And I was like, I think I like watched the wrong movie, but I'm pretty sure I saw Watch Remember. But <laughs> so she's low there for me. I think because I guess my brain doesn't process her that much. But I got to say, Christina's really deserving more respect than she's getting. Wow. Happy birthday, Christina. Yeah. Happy from, Christina from, from the Dannys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fighter for, music video. Justice for Christina. I will say though, my number one, one, one is Mariah. 
Um, I know we're not talking, she's maybe not included in that grouping, but my number, number one is always Mariah. She, she's just, cause like when you see her, you're like, oh, that like, it's singing that like only she can do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel yeah. like no one really compares to her. Although Danny knows this, Danny Murphy knows this. I, I ask everyone this question. You're going to get so mad. Okay. Uh, so my favorite question to ask one because I feel like it says a lot about them as a person and not in a bad way or a good way. It just tells me kind of who they are. But if you like had top to- or bottom, no, <laughs> no, if you had to choose one or the other, and this means the, the other girl, her entire discography contributions to film and pop culture, it, it all gets erased. You can only choose one to stay. Who do you save? Obviously you would choose Mariah, but the other girl in this equation is Jennifer Lopez. So it's like, you can only choose Mariah or Jennifer Lopez. Who do you save? Obviously, you two are saving Mariah. And I controversially, again, I love Mariah Carey. I'll I'll say it till I'm purple in the face, but I would choose Jennifer Lopez. When you asking that question, it's like, would you rather have like air or a blanket? You know what I mean? Like you need one to live. A blanket's nice, but I'll just get like a shawl. You know what I mean? See, okay. I love. I'm about love, to close the laptop on you yeah. right now. No. But the thing is, no, Danny, he asked me this, and I literally turned him. The first thing I was like, "Are you kidding? Like, I what is the question?" You. But I, I love a, an entertainer. Not that you're Mariah, right to hell. But I, I love like choreography, and it, you don't even have to really sing. Like, oh, he's my number one. Like, you can lip sync. Hey, put some respect on Ashanti. Go on. Right. <laughs> That's so true. That I do love. Wait, okay, Danny Murphy. What's your favorite J Lo project? Could be movie, song. If we had to choose, because that's what I'm thinking now. It's like, okay, okay you know I, what? Say I something do. nice about J Lo, and I do love Hustlers, Made in Manhattan, of course. Okay. Um, I, I. I'm told you. I'm trying to be nice. You, you are, you are the better Danny, and I applaud you for that. Um, I, you know what I do love? That music video will always let my head get right. Oh yeah, the little girl at the like, na, 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 na. and the abs. Oh yeah, no. and also I do kind of like the song she did with Cardi B a few years ago, Dinero. Like, is it good? Yeah. I don't know, but it's silly. There was a few years there where I really liked a lot of her music, like the On the Floor, mm-hmm. or was that with Pitbull? Yeah, yes, I love that song in Girls. Go on. And I will say, Waiting for Tonight, I think is one of the all-time greatest pop songs all time. There we go. Okay, thank you. All guys. time. But also, then also, it's kind of like, okay, you released that right before Y2K. Okay, J-Lo. Okay. She knew, yeah. Wait, yeah. Evan, what's your, what do you think? Because you're a pop girl. And now all I want to do is talk pop music. That's all we're um, <laughs> But uh, what what do you guys think are, are like some of the greatest pop songs of all time? Like, it, it doesn't matter artists. Like, what do you think is like, that's a, I always think about Teenage Dream, Katy Perry. Like, however I feel about Katy Perry, to me, that's like a perfect pop song. Yeah, and like a perfect pop album. That that album is so good, like oh. front to back, start to finish. Um, and also that that movie, Part of Me, the Part of Me tour. Yeah, that so was good. good. That was a good moment for her. I mean, I feel like if I were, to, and I'm obviously a little bit biased because I'm like Britney's number one fan, but I think like, the perfect pop song is Baby One More Time. I think it's the mm. perfect single. It like actually changed the world. Like ob- it objectively changed the world. So a modern one, Into You by Ariana Grande. Whenever that comes on, I'm like, it's just so earworm candy perfect. And no matter what she's getting up to in the press, I do like her. Yeah. So. Even if even if she's, you know, she can't help falling in love. And like <laughs> any any Janet Jackson song, like yes. Every decade, every era. And of course, like Madonna, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Wait, are you going to the Madonna concert, Danny? I'm not. No, I would, I would love to, but no, I'm not going. It's all, it's, a, it's I would a love big... to. No. Yeah. I, had Madonna, to... I like a Madonna ballad. Like I, 
Oh, you know, people love take a bow. stuff, but take a, take, a, take a bow or rain or I just like the slower Madonna. Like mm. secret, secret's good. Secret, oh, love it. Oh, that's happened. Well, that's why, because I was going to say a perfect pop, like she's not really a pop girl, but Barbara Streisand to me, like she was my middle school, like on I thought you were going to say Countess Luann. <laughs> oh, I mean, on this podcast, she said she gives Beyonce. So I guess she's more R&B. Wait, than- what's OK, wait, not to bring us back to Housewives, but like, what's the craziest thing a housewife has said on your show? OK, that the craziest Luan thing. Said she's more it, Beyonce than Taylor Swift. That has to be up there. That, sure. And that was like Danny Murphy's like genius question. He was like, we had the Countess come on to like promote her upcoming cabaret tour. And he's like, so like. Taylor and Beyonce are like really slaying this year. If you were to like compare yourself to one of those girls, like who would it be? And like in full serious countess mode, she was like, I'm probably more Beyonce because the costumes were more costumey. Uh, she goes, but I love Taylor. Yeah, she was like, but Taylor's bad. Uh, 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 but I think the craziest thing was about a year ago, we had Brandy Glanville on the podcast. And we were talking about pop music because I, I, at the time, it was around Christmas time and I was kind of like getting into Leanne Rhymes again. I was just having this like Leanne Rhymes December. And so I was like, Leanne Rhymes December. That's like the name of your memoir. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, Danny, we just have to ask her like what her favorite Leanne Rhymes song and see what happens. And she was like, oh, I don't have one. I don't listen to country music. And I was like, well, you got to love Can't Fight the Moonlight. I mean, come on. I feel like you were a girl who likes coyote ugly and then she said the thing about piper which she had said on your podcast previously and then it like we we didn't know that and then i remember her being like calm down i already told danny pellegrino this at the time we thought it was like our big big well but she said it yeah she said it on my show when i first started my show that about the poster is that what you're talking about they had like Oh, no, that's uh, Piper Bravo slept yeah that she slept with eddie and everything well yeah and she had said well she had said in on my show something about like um she Leanne and Eddie had a, a poster of Coyote oh, Ugly in the house or yes. something. And that Leanne may or may not have known that <laughs> there was a situation with Piper and Eddie. Yeah. But it didn't I remember that like was very early on in my podcast. And I was shocked that it didn't become like a thing because it was so surprising to me. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes you know something happens and some some things as you guys know, it's like you can't imagine why it gets picked up and then other things get picked up or that you think should get picked up no one cares about totally yeah like we just had Heidi Montag on the podcast and she told us about this like secret Britney Spears collab that got scrapped and I saw you that from your interview I saw that I thought that was gonna get picked up everywhere but I feel like the only the three of us care about that no I saw that picked up I saw that picked up somewhere maybe for a clip or was it did you guys post a clip of that online I saw that somewhere I'm glad you saw it somewhere because it is somewhere. So maybe okay, it's just, good. it's ruminating. It'll be somewhere else. Yeah. You know, the the thing I always um, think with Countess Luann interviewing her is like, all you really have to do is mention Bethany's name and you'll get like a pretty good soundbite from her. <laughs> like you don't even really have to do a whole ton of work there. Last time I interviewed her, I started to say like something about Bethany and she was like writing notes. Like she's on Zoom and I saw her like kind of write something. So she was like writing down, I think like what she wanted to say about Bethany. (laughs) I And then launched into it. It was like so good. For that. You can even say it to her on Ultimate Girls Trip and then she'll freak the out too. Right, like just say the the name and you're going to get something out of her. That's going to be gold. Sonia walked into hot water with that. Yeah, she's a pro. Uh, Wait, thoughts on the Roni Girls Trip? 
Oh, I love it so far. I love, I love those gals. And I think Kristen is really interesting. Uh, Diane, she's come into her own in a way that has been surprising. And yeah, I'm excited to see more. I just want more. I ate those uh, three episodes up like quickly and I wish I would have savored them a little bit, but yeah. I also hope it's now going to be a thing where they do like, cause like the first girl's trip was so much fun. Cause it was a lot of OGs and this one is fun. Cause it's all people that they do know each other. So it's not a lot of like, Oh, so what with you and rehashing stuff that's already been discussed. Like they go right into new things, but also fighting about things 10 years ago, but we saw them fight about it. So it's fun to watch them fight about it. I want this now to just be what they do with every franchise where we just bring back all the ladies for a fun little getaway. Yeah, like let them take a trip. I I also would like to see this group at Bluestone. Ooh. I know we had that other uh, horror a show season two <laughs> at Bluestone. To me, was like peak TV that whole season where they locked them all up in that haunted house, and I loved it. So I I need them to do that with the Roni Legacy. And yeah, I'm fine if I'm happy if they just keep doing these trips once a year with the Roni women. Or I, I would prefer a little bit longer. I like that idea of like doing that legacy show that's not just like a trip. I like that idea. But if they can't work that out, like at least give us one of these trips a year. Especially because when Kelly, we were talking to Kelly earlier, she said, because at the heart of our show, it's a love story to New York. We need to be in New York to show the love story. Yeah, so. yeah. I agree with Kelly. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. This week, I, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly's right. <laughs> Kelly's Wait, speaking he, facts. Speaking of uh, Bravo veterans, Alexis Bellino, she hard launched with John Jansen this guys, week. What do you what do you think guys, of Alexis okay. and John? I feel grateful that you asked me this because I haven't really gotten to get any of this off my chest because it's so it's so clearly a ploy and a play to get on the show, right? Like it's so obvious, it's so over the top. Even the photo of them kissing, it felt like they're just kissing for that one photo to be circulated on the internet. Like I saw a video of it, and I felt like they were waiting for that flash to go off, and then they were like, "Okay." So it's all so obvious. I think that John, even before Alexis entered the Alexis Con, sorry, that was a terrible joke. How dare you! How dare you? You guys cut off my mic. <laughs> but I, I like it. I <laughs> okay, like it. J-Lo, your mic's cut off. Alexis Khan, I'm sorry. Her okay. mic is always cut off. <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, I think even before that, it was clear that like John liked the cameras and that was alleged on the show last season. And so now this just feels even so much more aggressive. I think it's very aggressive on Alexis's part. With all of that said though, like, yeah, I want it. Like I, I'm buying into it. I want them to bring Alexis back. And I want to see Shannon's reaction to all of this because I do worry about Shannon's overall health, though, because this is not going to be good for it. Like, this is, to me, on par if they bring in Alexis to the show, which I do want, but it's kind of on par with, like, what they did on Married to Medicine of bringing Quad's ex and new significant other on. Like, it's it's kind of gross when you when you take too far of a step back from it because Shannon's been on the show forever, and it's like, you're going to bring on the woman i don't know so it is gross but i do want to see it does and that make who, sense oh two thousand percent because we all want to see how everyone will react and digest it and go with it who do you think between john and alexis who's the thirstier one and because they both are kind of tied with that are they kind of a match made in not heaven but a match together i i'd say john is thirstier you know i'm always going to side with the woman in a, a a, if it's between a woman and a straight man, <laughs> I'm almost always. So, yeah. So I'd say he's definitely thirstier, and I do not care for him. Wait. Speaking of Orange County, Danny Pellegrino, I, 
I think I manifested this this year because it's something that weighed on my mind forever and always for like the longest time. But you calling Gina and Emily hip and casita, <laughs> I I love I, I it's funny. It's funny to me. I, I appreciate it. But I also love Gina and Emily so much. And so I always thought like, what do they think of that? Does it hurt their feelings? Can they laugh at it? And so I did this thing where it was like 24 hours with the cast of Orange County Housewives. And I had lunch with Gina and Emily and Heather. Heather had to go. I was just hanging with Gina and Emily. We were eating tacos. And I was like, by the way, girl, I just, I have a burning question. Danny probably- You messy, you messy gay. <laughs> I was like, he calls you hip and casita. Like, do you care? Does it hurt your feelings? How do you feel about it? And they were like, they're like, it doesn't really bother us. Like of all the things that we've been called, like hip and casita isn't the worst thing. And then Gina did your podcast and you guys talked about it. And it was just so nice to have that closure. It doesn't matter that you call her casita. She's owning her casita. She finds power. She's reclaiming her casita label. Um. Anyways, I hope that you enjoyed that moment that I feel like I I mean, you manifested it. Yes. Yes. And we, at BravoCon too, I moderated the Orange County panel. And when there were questions from the audience, I think the very first question was about Hip and Casita and how they feel about the nickname. So they both said there too publicly, like, yeah, it's fun. It's fine. It's, and, and no matter what I'm going to show, like, it's all silly. Like I have kind of very silly nicknames for a lot of the women and they really just come out of like, I, I do my recaps alone on my show. And so I'm talking like a mile a minute for an hour. I don't even know half the things I say. And I'm looking at like scattered notes. So sometimes if I'm forgetting someone's name, I'll just shout out like what's going on. And so on Orange County, of course, they kept saying her casita. So it just made, it was like a funny thing because they kept mentioning casita. And then hip was just because in her tagline, she yells hip, like in the middle <laughs> of that one season or she goes new hip. And it's like, that was in the middle of her tagline. It just was like an audio clip of her in a field being like, new hip. <laughs> so I was like, of course their names are hip and casita. Um, but what's so interesting is like, I don't have nicknames for everyone on the shows, but at BravoCon, there were housewives coming up to me being like, what's your nickname for me? And it's like, I don't have one. And like some of them wanted nicknames. Oh. So anyway, but I, I don't know if... um. I feel like Hip and Casita have embraced it now, but I hope they know that it's all out of love and silliness. And and I did also get to sit down at BravoCon and chat with um, Gina, like kind of off off stage and stuff and just like chat with her about it. And I was like, yeah, it's just silly and fun. Like I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. And, and obviously if I wanted to hurt someone's feelings, I would say something meaner than just the word that just kept coming up because I don't even associate it with her like owning a Casita. I just associated with her, them saying that every second on the show. It was like, that's what was funny to me. It was like, everybody kept saying, Gina, how's your casita? Or this is my casita, like that word, which I had never heard in my whole life. Never. Just all of a sudden, every second on the show. Or it was like um, on The Bachelor, the one season I watched The Bachelor, it was like at uh, La Quinta Inn. I don't even know if I'm saying that now, but it was like, Wait, I had what? never heard of the La Quinta Inn before. Sure. And now they're showing it every second. Yeah, that was that was um Tasha and Claire season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I was like oddly tapped into that season as well and I remember your recaps and really enjoying them and I also remember you being like Bachelor Nation, I didn't know you were this toxic, let me not. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a I'm lot. I had never dipped into that world before and I was like, let me just recap a season. I think it was during the pandemic. Uh and yeah, that that fan base is intense. Yeah, it is really intense. Wait, I just so was Bravo too, by the way. I was gonna say, I'm like, yeah, and that's saying something for you to be like, oh my god, the Bachelor franchise is intense. 
Um, the question that I was going to ask you before we got back into Jessica Simpson world just came back to me and it was about uh, Julia Roberts going on Watch What Happens oh, yeah. Live and saying she was severely unimpressed by PK's Pretty Woman inspired date for Dorit. Uh, what are your reactions to uh, Julia sort of dragging PK and then also were you impressed by the, the Pretty Woman date? I was. No. Uh, oh, see, I-, I totally agree with Julia. I think it was just miss. It was too miss. It let's call it something else or let's, let's get the details right. Like that's how I felt in regards to it. And I, the idea of Julia Roberts watching Beverly Hills housewives though, is like almost too much for me to handle. I don't know. It's I also, cause I also, then I saw online that like, it's a package you get there. Like, it's not like it made the love. Oh. Kind of get, I could be completely what? making this up out of me. I okay. I saw the same way that I remember a walk to remember. I think I remember reading <laughs> that you, know you can like request the pretty woman package at the hotel. Sorry, Pekai, if I'm wrong. And that kind of took a lot of the love out because I was like, I guess he tried, but I was like, oh, that's not even trying. And I'm like, where's like the most memorable moment of it? The bathtub with the Walkman. And by the way, when you take an even further step back or further farther, but uh, you realize to predict production and producers would have had to clear that. And so it was probably their idea. Oh, that's just So it's like even takes more of the romance out of it. I will say Dorit looked stunning in her Julia cosplay. Yeah, yeah, she did. Stunning. And I love the brunette. I love the brunette. You know, I'm falling in love with Dorit for the first time in years because I there were a lot of seasons where I just thought she was flopping hard and she wasn't offering much that I loved her when she first joined the show. But then it just felt like we got in a weird place with where she was like afraid to kind of be herself. And it feels like she's stepping more. And I know there was one season, of course, disregarding the robbery. Of course, I understand why she might've been more guarded that season. But even before then, I felt like she was a sanitized version of the Dorit that we first got to know. And it feels like she's stepping back into that original Dorit. So I'm like loving her this season in a way that I had. Yeah. She's like fully, fully clocked in this season. Yeah. We love to see. I think I think it might have been the hair change. I don't know. If people just feel maybe she feels sassier as a brunette. I'm not I'm not sure. But. Are you guys liking Erica Jane this season? Yeah. I, I'm enjoying I just love so much when she's like, I see an electricity bill and I shudder as she's in head to toe Fendi Louis Vuitton. I'm like, I dream to be that. Like <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's, it's so good. Heaven. Sad that I missed her residency though. I, I really wanted to see it. So and I think it's I think it's done now. But I don't know. I don't I know think if I it is done. about this. I but... saw her once in Vegas pre-residency. How was it? Like this was years ago. Um, like... There were plenty of seats available. <laughs> I mean, it was like <laughs> you okay, know what? I'm I'm, th- I'm being shady. It was during Pride, and so I think it was just a you're not. It was like her. Las Vegas Pride or something. So yeah, it should have been more crowded. Now that I'm saying it was Las <laughs> Vegas Pride. <laughs> But you know what? Because Broadway, but we had a great so time. Tight. She was great. Okay, and I would like to have the way ability to spread out. And yeah, yeah, it was like an empty floor. There weren't even seats. It was like a one of those, um, like you just. It was like a warehouse or something. Like it was a stage, and it was just pretty empty. But we once she performed, it was she was it was so much fun, and like we had a great time. And again, this was like very early on in her Beverly Hills run, so it's not like she was super famous or anything. Um, so yeah, I don't, I wonder what year that was that I went, but I went with a couple of friends when I was in Vegas and it was like an empty warehouse and we were waiting forever like for her to come strip. up. I think it probably was. 
<laughs> I saw her once live years before she was even on Housewives. And Danny, I feel like you'll really oh. like this story. But it was it was my freshman year at Marymount Manhattan College in New York City. And it was it was December. It was a cold night in December. And I did not have a fake ID at the time. But she was performing. Just listening. You, it was your Leanne Rhymes December. So you were <laughs> yes. listening to Can't Fight the Moonlight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, this was, this was my pretty mess December. I, as you know, I, I love a pop girl. And the more obscure they are, the better. And at that time, Erica Jane was very obscure. Uh, so I knew that she was performing at Splash. I needed to find an ID. I found my ID. I went down to Splash, my little tank top in the middle of December. Mm. And I saw her perform live. But guess who she was opening for at Splash? Who? Oh. Kim Zolciak. She was oh the God. opening act for Kim Zolciak. And it was the best night of my life, but it's just sure. like, so crazy that like Erica Jane was the opening act for Kim Zolciak. But it was an electrifying show. And the the um the the energy in the room was just And then you got a fake ID to use for Eon. I don't know. I don't, I'm probably older than the two of you, but there's a place in Los Angeles called Pop Stars back in the day where people you guys know what I'm talking about. Do you? No. I never was in LA. Oh, it was, I have no clue. Okay, so it was called Pop Stars. It was in West Hollywood. And basically, like the the gals when they were on the come up would go there. So you'd get like an Erica Jane, but even back in the day, you'd get like Lady Gaga or Nicki Minaj. Or but it was so random because on a Friday night the girls would go there and debut a new song. So when Till the World Ends, do you remember when she did the Nicki? It yeah. was like they, they I were there that, part, yeah. And you would just get that you would get texts like on Friday evening, like uh, Britney's going to be a pop stars tonight. Like, and no one really knew what time or if it was real or if it was like a rumor or I felt like Kelly Rowland was there every weekend. It was like, <laughs> Kelly Rowland was always there doing, and they would do one song. Um, but it was so exciting. Cause it was just like, Wait. you didn't know that. So occasionally like they would, uh, they would pre-announce it or you would know in advance, but sometimes with like the bigger pop girls, you would just find out that day or you would go dancing there and then, you would hear whispers around the dance floor of like uh, Sierra's on our way in. Like, Not Sierra's on our way. The chills out. I like, just got. Yeah, and like gay men would flip out. Like if you were in a straight club and you're like I Sierra when it, she wasn't in her prime. They're like Sierra missed what? Yeah, no, I'm yeah okay. they would like they would leave. They're like, oh, we don't want to hear this. But like the gays would be like, yeah, like everyone would lose their shit. And, like it was. The I need best to do time. some research. Wait, this sounds amazing. It no also, longer exists anymore. But it was the best early. They were probably the early 2010s or around there. Wait, if that was around now, your girl Tate McGray would be there. Oh, I love yeah. Tate McGray. Are you loving Tate McGray? Are you into yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God, I just, everything about her. It's like Britney's spirit, like, inhabited her body. And then- um, Inhabited Amanda Batula's body, because that's yeah, who she is. You know, she looks just like Amanda She looks Batula. just like, oh my God, I never thought of that. She Isn't looks that just wild? like her. Yeah, every time I see her, I'm like, it's like Britney dancing, but like Amanda Batula face card. Are you guys watching the Winter House? Yeah, we are watching, and it's. Are you? It got. I'm like, I. It, it was a slow, like it was snowballing, and now I'm like fully invested in the chaos of it. Danielle is really giving her all to it, which I support oh and God. commend. But like it's a, yeah, it's what? good TV, but it's cringed. Everything Danielle's doing, I'm like Danielle, girl. When like I when she was like after screaming at Brian, then she was like, "Do you think he likes me?" I'm like. I flashback to like college. I was like, oh my yes. God. <laughs> no. Yeah. And that's why it's so triggering is because I'm like, yeah. oh, I've probably done that with guys before, but oh. it's like so embarrassing. Totally, totally. Yeah. She just did our live show. And I like, I told her before the show started, I was like, look, like it's, <laughs> I feel for you, girl, because in those moments, like right after a breakup, like when you are in the throes of heartache, you make the most 
terrible decisions that you like literally like thinking about some of the decisions I made during like post breakup mess like I like recoil like at the thought like I can't even deal with it like I have to like black it out to actually like make peace with it so um I I, I feel for her and unfortunately she has to watch it on <laughs> Winter House and then talk about it at the reunion but I cannot wait for the reunion it sounds like it's gonna be mess. I don't. How are they going to fit all them people in the clubhouse? Because it's in the clubhouse. And like, what are we doing it there for? That is I was too so small confused. of a room. Yeah. <laughs> There's 700 fucking people in that cast. <laughs> like, and also, how are like, they doing it? I love like Casey Craig has a great outfit. I'm like, is, does she have to squash a lot of stuff? I guess with Sam. But I feel like she's like, I could just vibe in the audience and watch and chill. I know. I know. I get mad that they're all lusting over like Alex and stuff when Brian is right there because I like oh, love Brian. He's <laughs> Danny. I'm a, I like am infatuated with him. He's so and cute. he dresses so well, has amazing accessories, always in red bottoms. And I'm just like, this man should have the wife and kids that he wants. Okay, but what I feel like gay a lot of us gay men who watch Bravo, we like Brian. But oh, yeah. I feel like none of the women on there are liking him. And I'm like, what is that? Is he just maybe meant for the gay? I mean, I'm not saying he's gay, but like, is he just something that we see that like other people, straight yeah. women don't like? He, for, for whatever reason, he does appeal to those gay sensibilities. I feel like it's that tight little body, that cute face. And he's also a calling his mom getting a Forever 21 order. I'm just like, this is... Okay, yes. yeah, so we solved the riddle. This is it actually makes sense now that we're talking it through because the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, what are all the girls like lesson after Corey for? Like, Brian is right there. I know. I do think also, unfortunately, straight women prioritize height. Really and do. Brian is a cute little short king. Man. And yeah, yeah I, it's, I mean, I'm also a short king. I'm only 5'7. So I, but for whatever reason, like, there is a larger portion of gay men who don't care about that. You know, like, I feel like women just like care about height for whatever reason. Yeah, it needs to shift. It needs yeah. to shift. Let's women need to shift. start embracing the short kings because he's too nice of a guy. And he also just also very hot, too. Yeah, yeah. but he's he a perfect sweet. package. Yeah, and like, he seems so sweet. And then someone like Corey, where especially that, what's her, her name? Sam. He's like throwing her under the bus every chance. It's embarrassing. And, and same with... Danielle lusting after Al or any of these other guys. I'm like, they're throwing you under the bus. It's so embarrassing for your, I look back to the Kyle and Amanda days. Obviously they're good now, but like it was embarrassing when he was just cheating and like, it's on national TV, like have some respect for yourself. And so there's this nice hot man in the house and you're all going after these horrible men. Making you dinner, having a lovely time, wanting to like check in on you. I know. And then when like Corey was giving him advice, I was like, do not listen to his advice, Brian, no, never Brian, change. Brian. I know. I know we're saying this and probably next time we see Brian, he'll be a monster like the rest of them. But, <laughs> but you know, if, if at that, this moment, at this moment, for a moment, <laughs> yeah, never praise the, the straight men on Bravo because it always comes to bite you in the ass. But here we go. That is true. That's so true. Wait, and not in the fun way. <laughs> before we wrap up, Danny. Who Wait, who you... do you think is the hottest Bravo guy? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Is our, our hottest Bravo guy. Um, I, okay, Danny Murphy, you go first. I mean, you don't, like, I have been texting Evan about Brian a lot. So, like, he really is high, high up for me. I also, like, and, like, maybe my 2024 resolution, like, I should get therapy. I, like, think, like, like I would just, like, I, I feel like Schwartz, like, I could fix it. Oh. I was I not think, expecting that. I think I could fix him. Wow. Okay. okay. I think so. 
Here, but I would, you're not going to say would want, Schwartz too, are you? I Me? would want Brian, but I could fix Schwartz. No, I'm not going to say Schwartz. Although I will say whenever okay. I interacted with Schwartz in person, he does have a very beautiful face and he okay. is so charming and so sweet. And I understand why he gets away with so much because he, there's just something very likable about him. Um, but my hottest Bravo guy, and this isn't an original response whatsoever, uh, but Evan Goldschneider from New Jersey Housewives is so hot. And like, I... I did the New Jersey panel at BravoCon like two years ago and he was on my panel and Evan Goldschneider in a suit is just like where it is at. And then I recently did like an at-home shoot with Jackie and Evan was there and he was like taking care of Jackie and like making sure she was cool and bringing her food and telling her she looked beautiful. And I was just like, will you bring me food and tell me I look beautiful too? It was like, oh, it's, he's too much, but who's your top guy? Wait, Danny, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, with that, like, a husband who, like, rides for their person, I also, like, I, this, people don't say this, like, Tyree Dubrow, like, you want to just be rich and buy me things and have my Danny, back forever and ever? Please. And give me plastic surgery? Done. You have bold takes, Danny. I, I, you're I attracted to Terry, too? Yeah, yeah. I would send it over what? for Dr. Terry real quick. Remember earlier when I said I'm in the right place where I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be? Are you in the wrong be. place? Now I'm in the bad place. It all turned to the upside down. No. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm I'm back on the Craig uh, Southern Charm train. I was off that train for a little while because I hated him on the show. But he, to me, he's so handsome in person. In person, and it's not, this isn't original either. I feel like everybody says this all the time, but he's much hotter in person. He's like, you can't tell how tall he is. Not that, again, I like a short king, but uh, yeah, there's something, Craig's got like something that I'm and very attracted to. I don't know if I'm just going to say like allegedly, allegedly, thinking, thinking, allegedly, his face is looking amazing. And I'm not sure if he's doing light little touches. Like if Paige has someone, because I when he was on Watch What Happens Live, I was like, I want, like his structure is looking Beyond. So now I'm going to go look. Yes. Yeah, it looks like there has been some light injectable work going on. And and like Danny Murphy said, it is very tasteful. And I, and I agree with you. I think he's so hot. I've actually never experienced him in person. But just from what I see on camera, I'm feeling it. Evan, you would be surprised in person. Like you, he's I, like gorgeous. It, it's I, weird. I don't get why it is a big shift. But, you know, normally it's not that big of a shift, right? Yeah. Like you, they look sort of like they do in, on TV mostly but well, to I'm me it's, yeah Greg surprise me in person anytime okay. head down to Charleston you're close right I, now. You're oh close Gertie's husband's very hot to oh. me like Russell is very hot to me always I was just about to say always has been like as if I'd known him forever but I just know the one photo they show from their uh time together back in the day <laughs> no he's he's so cute. he's always been hot and him talk about has problem, her back forever problems, like oh Danny this is gonna bite you in the ass too because you just said has his back forever, has her back forever. And you better timestamp this because I just feel like one, we don't know. We don't know. They always, it is, the, it is they always what? turn. 18. So in the season or two, you might want to find this clip because and, maybe, you know. And then if Russell saying. ends up biting me in the ass, hey, hi, por favor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Danny Pellegrino, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was a uh, most fabulous hour of- Truly was needed. <laughs> the best oh, way yeah. to end the year and like you said this is like this is the last day that we're all like mentally with it so um yeah. thank you for having me. with you and anyone who's listening go get my book it's a holiday season right now so if you're off work there's an audio book if you just want to listen while you're kind of uh in a, a food coma or getting stoned on the couch 
uh, just get the jolliest bunch wherever you get your books because I need to keep the lights on at my house. So buy the book. Yes, <laughs> do it for Willa Ford. Do it for Willa. Willa she needs was lights here. on to help you decorate. Do it for Willa <laughs> and do it for St. Claudia of Reseda. Like we, we got to give her props, man. I, I need a movie about that, by the way. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. If you loved gossiping with us, and I know you do, then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Virtual Reality by Page Six. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.